Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards, and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. In a minute, cause we live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Search Locked On Hornets. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets for uh, live updates. We uh, live tweet the games as well. If you are just joining us, For the first time post-Dwight Howard news, basically what we do here, we go over all of the top Hornets news every weekday, and whatever time is left over, we talk about the NBA, or pizza, or shoes, or whatever else is on our mind. I'm Doug Branson, joined by my daily co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. That's right, Doug. I would be lying if I said um, I couldn't sleep last night. I have I have two children, four and under, so uh, that would be disrespectful <laughs> to parents and humanity, really. But uh, it was a good night's sleep, Doug. We're in the Dwight Howard Howard era now. Yeah, I well, I stayed up late, definitely uh, responding to people on yes. Twitter. Thank you for all of your tweets, your thoughts, uh, and uh, we're going to share some some more of those later on in the show. And I was just doing some general research, but yes, I did eventually get to sleep. And David, in my research, I can now comfortably report after last night's mix-up on the emergency pod that there are indeed 30 teams <laughs> in the NBA. Our crack investigative team looked it up, and and that's what it is. Yeah, if you're just joining us, this is an NBA podcast. This is an NBA team podcast. Here's, we have figured out how many teams there are. Here's what happened. In, in, in all seriousness, it sounds strange because we cover the NBA, I cover the NBA, but it's one of the, and we do it seriously, but it's one of those numbers that always trips me up. I think people mm-hmm. can relate with me on this. There's that one number that you should know in your job, in your life, that just, you may be one or two things off, or maybe it's a word. And I think it has to do with the fact, David, we go in depth on this podcast. We're in the weeds, man. We're in the trees. And sometimes I lose the forest through the trees. So I think that's, I think that's what it is, but there are 30 NBA teams. I do know this now. <laughs> uh, Steve Bob Forrest from at the was supposed to join us this morning, but uh, he, he wants to focus on the draft and I respect that. And this podcast is going to be mostly Dwight Howard. We're going to get back to the draft tomorrow morning because Hey, that draft uh, goes on uh, Thursday coverage beginning at seven o'clock PM on Thursday night and our coverage, our live draft special We'll start at 7.30. YouTube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets is the link. Go there, subscribe, and then check us out at 7.30 tomorrow night. We're going to have full coverage of the 2017 draft, which should be very interesting. It's, it was already going to be interesting. Now it just hit a new level. We've got special guest Adam Chin from Baseline Buzz. We've got Colin Hoggard, Nada Edwards, Steve Bob Forrest, and of course, Justin Thomas from ESPN Charlotte will join us as well. No more time to waste, David. Let's get right to it. The news broke last night around 9 p.m., first reported by Mark Spears 
of ESPN. By the way, David, talk about my um, uh, my mistake. Mark Spears, in his initial breaking news tweet, had to get out there and break the news ahead of Woj, reported that Dwight Howard was going to the Charlotte Bobcats. Well, the Hornets, (laughs) not the Bobcats. Oh my gosh! So it, he did listen. correct it. He did correct it. I think you're right. It was just he wanted to get that that, that hot nugget out there. He did. <laughs> he he did correct. But I'm saying that's what I'm saying. You you get sometimes when you're in the weeds, when you got three phones to your head, you sometimes you lose the forest and those you little know, simple liked things. It. it was uh, it was a throwback tweet. It was a retro tweet. I kind of liked it. It took me back to a simpler time. All right. So the Charlotte Hornets acquire, and this was confirmed by the team close to midnight, the Charlotte Hornets acquiring Dwight Howard and the 31st pick in Thursday's draft from the Atlanta Hawks in exchange for Miles Plumley, Marco Bellinelli, and the 41st pick in Thursday's draft. In a statement from the team, general manager Rich Cho says, quote, uh, Dwight has been a very talented player, an elite rebounder and rim protector, as well as a physical presence since the moment he entered the league. Howard's best seasons came along Coach Steve, alongside Coach Steve Clifford, and we believe their familiar, familiarity will make an immediate impact for the Hornets this upcoming season, unquote. Speaking of head coach Steve Clifford, he was also in the statement saying, quote, I'm excited about working with Dwight again. He brings a defensive mindset shot-blocking ability, and a level of physicality that will be a huge asset for us, unquote. This statement, David, would certainly lead one to believe this trade was all about acquiring Dwight Howard, but there's a lot going on in this deal. You've had some time to sleep on it. How do you feel about it this morning? Yeah, I'm glad you put it that way, Doug, because, I mean, that's the, that's been the focus is Dwight Howard. And I think if you look at it, even from a national perspective, a lot of the reactions and even some of the grades, uh, ironically enough, are coming in from that perspective saying, well, this is not the guy he used to be. Um, you know, he's had attitude issues in the, in the past. The Hawks wanted to move on and kind of repair their locker room a little bit, moving in a different direction. But for the Hornets, they had one big contract out there that along with the Moscow contract was probably the most, um, and you know, Dwight Howard. And, yeah. And, and Dwight Howard, but, but the Plumley contract had three more years on it. Right. And that was seen as a as a as a piece that just could not get moved. I mean, I I had that's why I think why we're so flabbergasted by this last night, Doug, is because that uh, contract was involved. The Hornets managed to move that, and like I said, along with the Moscow contract, also got moved yesterday, ironically enough. And so that's why I think that's such a big deal, uh, coupled with the fact that they are bringing in Dwight Howard, is they got rid of the Plumley contract, so they got out from under that. And, you know, the Howard contract is this year and next year. So it's not a big commitment. And the money, you know, they were already going to be in, in cap hell. So so that, that really doesn't change anything. Now they lose the Bellinelli contract as well. So they got to they gotta plug some holes. But listen, they, they, they replaced Plumlee with Dwight Howard. That is an upgrade. I don't care how you look at it. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of angles to this. And I think Dwight Howard is, is just one. And to be honest with you, it's not even the first one that I think we reacted to. And we're going to tackle them all. We're going to zoom in on Dwight Howard, talk about his season last year with the Atlanta Hawks, plus talk about the cap implications a little later on in the show. I think if you're sitting there right now listening to this and you want to know, how should I feel about this deal? I think the one word that that comes into my head and, and sort of sums up how I feel is relieved because I was really concerned about Miles Plumley's future with the team. I thought the deal would get moved eventually, but I didn't think there was any way the team could move the deal 
uh, with three years remaining at $12.5 million per. I mean, that was, a, that was a big deal, especially for a player that didn't play much at all last season. And I think when you look at Mozgov getting moved and that contract and Miles Plumlee getting moved and Dwight Howard, that was a tough contract to move as well, $23 million this season and next season. I think it, it speaks to what this week is. It's a week of chaos. It's a week of positioning for free agency. And it's a week where teams who do have bad contracts, uh, if they're talking to the right people and have those trader, hashtag trader show skills, can, can make deals happen. But I think relief is the, the feeling that I'm feeling less so about it. This is more so about that contract for me mm-hmm. than it is acquiring uh, that it is acquiring Dwight Howard. I think. But, what, I think what. One more thing, David. I think what people yeah. think about this trade will depend on what they believe this trade is about as well. If you think about it, if you think about it as adding a star talent, then you're probably saying, "Lol, I, I like this trade five years ago." You know, when Dwight was right. an all star. If you think right. this trade was about adding what Dwight can realistically still do. Then, which is what sort of Clifford and Show were speaking to, then you probably think, all right, I kind of get it. He can rebound and he can block a shot or two. And if you think this trade, like I do, was about getting rid of that Miles Plumley trade, that it that it's almost universally accepted as a bad long term deal, then you think, yes, yes, yes. I'm glad this is official. I'm glad this is signed on the dotted line. Say it again for the people in the back. The Hornets have put themselves in a better long-term financial position. Yeah, and I don't blame people for not seeing the plumbly angle of that because why in the world would you care or know about this horrible contract? That's why you listen plumbly? to us. That's why you listen right. to Locked On Hornets. That was really we care. I mean, what turned out turned out to be a, a, a throwaway trade, right? A last-ditch effort to shore up the depth in the post for this team as they tried to get into the playoffs last year. But uh, you have to take that into account. It was a massive piece of this deal. And, and we lumped the Dwight Howard uh, deal into that. But I, I I wouldn't put him in the same category as a Mozgov and a Plumlee, just because what you said, he can still give you something on the floor. I mean, a double-double a double, double last year, right? And look, th- we didn't talk about this much last night because we were so flabbergasted. But, um, you know, going up against uh, Hassan Whiteside, like Cody Zeller certainly got under his skin. Ironically enough, he got under Dwight Howard's skin as well. So that'll be interesting in practice. But I think w- when you've got Howard out there, uh, you know, bodying up against Whiteside a little bit, just for one example, within the division, it's, it's a little bit different, right? I mean, they're going to add a, a new look out there and there's certainly going to be issues. This is not going to help the spacing issue, <laughs> I don't think. Um, they've still got some work to do and they still got some work to do in the draft which is the other piece of this we should mention. They did not give up their lottery pick. They actually moved up, uh, you know, to the first pick of the second round. Again, for those keeping score at home, that's the 31st pick. Um, so, I mean, it just, it, it's it's a landslide deal in favor of Charlotte for me, uh, even though I know what Atlanta is trying to do. Um, this one is comes out with a clear-cut win for the Hornets, and that's not even a bias tag. And... We should put this in the context, okay? So Miles Plumley's contract was acquired because last offseason they met they made a bet on another big man who was a little past his prime, but they thought could give them a level of physicality and shot blocking that they haven't that they haven't had for a while in Roy Hibbert. And that was a low risk sort of bet because they only signed him to a one year reclamation project type deal for not a lot of money. But then they had to reverse course on that after his injuries hampered him, and they dealt Roy Hibbert and Spencer Hawes to Milwaukee in exchange for Miles Plumley. That was a high-risk bet 
and, and you have to make those at that point in the season uh, because you know teams aren't willing to give up assets at that point. It's not like the week before the draft when teams get a little loose around the purse. So yeah. and now they've had and, to reverse course again, and so you hope at some point this rectifies itself and and they can move on and get positive impacts uh, from and, that initial bad move. And another side to that, Doug, uh, another reason that Plumley trade was made, I think we discussed it at the time when it was, was because just they were not going to be able to do anything in free agency, right? Like free agency hasn't even started. As we said, they were going to be locked into cap implicate or, you know, they were locked in, uh, they were capped out already. So like that Plumley trade was kind of a, an effort to say, Hey, we're not going to be able to do anything in, in free agency. Let's go ahead and try and get a guy that we know can at least add some depth. It was a total disaster. It completely backfired. Nothing worked about it. This is yet another uh, move prior to free agency happening. It's a move they would not have been able to do in free agency. And if you look at the free agent uh, class of centers anyway, it's not that great. Um, so I think that that's another uh, way to look at this deal. You know, they're they're doing some things that they just aren't going to be able to do in free agency because of the uh, because they're capped out. All right, let's go to the national reaction to this trade. It's always tough being first, David. We found that out last night with our immediate reaction pod, and uh, CBS Sports was first to the grade game. James Herbert gave this uh, gave the Hornets a B, but gave the Hawks a B plus. Writing for the Hornets. <laughs> This could be a steal for Charlotte in terms of talent. It's obvious which team, quote, won the trade, though he gave <laughs> the Hawks a B plus and gave the Hornets a B. Uh, but he does say this is a good situation for Howard, but I'm not sure that means he will be dominant. Uh, and then ESPN insiders Kevin Pelton not. gave the Hawks a D and gave the Hornets an A minus, saying if anyone's going to get something special out of Dwight Howard at this stage of his career, it's probably going to be Hornets coach Steve Clifford. You know, Steve Clifford and Dwight Howard have a history. Steve, Clif- Steve Clifford was an assistant coach, understand Van Gundy in Orlando during the D- the Dwight Howard dominant years, during the one year that the Magic did go to the NBA Finals, and he also coached Dwight uh, in his short stint in Los Angeles as well. And then Real GM coming out with grades as well, giving the Hornets a B plus and the Hawks a D minus. So that seems to be the D seems to be what the Hawks are getting. And then in the B plus a minus range for the Hornets, David, that's the, that's the national perspective. Yeah. So try and talk me into how you see the Hawks as, and, and like, this is not a big deal. I mean, I mean, you know, grades are grades. Um, but like I, the, the Hawks got one of the worst contracts in the league. The Hornets definitely got the best player in the deal. They moved up 10 spots in the draft, and they did not give up their lottery pick. I, I just don't see how you talk yourself into, into grading, grading out the Hawks higher in this one. But the only, I guess the only little, the win that they got, I don't think they won the deal, but the win that they got is they were desperate, I think, to get to get out of the Dwight Howard deal that they, that they had yeah, wrought because it. Dwight Howard uh, did not play well in the playoffs and part of that was his usage because his body was breaking down a little bit. I mean, he averaged, I think 30 minutes per game in the regular Mm -hmm. season and he was having back issues and Mike Budenholzer finally pulled the plug on the, on the Dwight Howard experiment in Atlanta. And, and, you know, as that series was slipping away, was trying to find something different. And I don't think Dwight Howard was very happy about that. I don't think that he was very happy with the reception that he got at Atlanta and maybe the perception that he would not uh, play nice in Atlanta. So 
I think there were a lot of things going on, but certainly there was going to have to be a repair job between Dwight Howard and Mike Budenholzer that the Atlanta Hawks simply uh, did really just did not want to have to deal with. Um, yeah. the, the big question for the Hornets, David, I think, going into training camp, and you touched on this a little bit, is going to be who starts at the five. Do you start Dwight Howard and move Cody Zeller uh, into the backup center role, which is sort of what they were going to do with when they brought in Roy Hibbert? And and they started to they do that, it. and it worked right. well. And then, you know, two games later, it was back to Cody Zeller at center because of the injury issues to Hibbert. Right. I mean, they did it uh, right. I mean, that was the initial uh, that was the initial thinking um, going into the season. I, I don't expect it to be much different this year, although I don't know. We'll see. I mean, Cody was pretty valuable last year. So you think they will start um, Dwight Howard? I don't know, Doug. Um, <laughs> we can't listen. I know. Oh, I don't know. No, but I can. I, here's what I think. I think that you do start Dwight Howard. I think he look, he is a, he is a mercurial player. And I think you. You, you make him happy and you start him, but you play him equal minutes. You don't play him 30 minutes a game. You play him equal minutes with your, your backup center and Cody Zeller, and you find what matchups are going to work well and which aren't in the second unit, and you play to those. And I don't know necessarily who you close with, um, but I think you start Dwight Howard, and, and I think you see what happens. And look, I think regardless, both Cody Zeller and Dwight Howard have a history of injuries. Uh, Dwight, it makes a little sense because he's late in his career. Cody has dealt with some unfortunate injuries. So I think there's going to be a lot of shifting and changing at the five position. But I ultimately think, look, they went out and got Roy Hibbert because I think Steve Clifford believes that this he wants to see what this starting lineup can do with a physical shot blocking presence underneath. And I think they're Mm -hmm. going to explore that with Dwight Howard initially, uh, but we'll have to wait and see how things shake out in training camp. The other, the argument for Cody Zeller is pretty clear because the starting lineup did play so well together with him in it. Right. It was one of the best in the league when all the uh, starters were healthy. So (laughs) yeah, I mean, you're probably right. Um, But we'll see. I think it'll be situational, especially you mentioned the closing lineup. There are arguments for both. yeah, that'll come down to uh, situations. And one thing we didn't discuss last night also, Doug, uh, reclamation project, reclamation season. Uh, didn't go so well last year with Roy Hibbert, as you mentioned, but flashback to two years ago, and they had a couple guys coming off down years that they were able to turn around. That's got to be in the back of their head. I mean, Clifford, here's what we know. like Clifford definitely signed off on this. Clifford may, may have even been pushing for it. I think they were certainly looking to sign him last offseason when free agency rolled around. So, I mean – um, that's why I think you do have to feel, uh, uh, you know, a little confident in this if you're the Hornets and that Clifford and Howard have history and, uh, he's hopeful that they can rekindle some of that. And you've got to feel good about it as, um, was it Pelton that said, you know, if anyone's going to get a, get that out of them and if it's not a Van Gundy, then it's it, the closest thing you get to him. Right. And, and Steve Clifford. Let's go to some more Twitter reaction. It was running the gamut last night from the elated. Peter was tweeting, 140 characters is not enough to properly ascribe all the potential benefits to this trade. Cho, you hit a home run. To the realistic, Drew tweeted, bad contract for bad contract, but got to think Hornets get more production from Dwight than with Plumley, and they move yes. up 10 <laughs> draft spots. And that's yes. what you were hitting on, David. <clears throat> to the unhappy, uh, completely unhappy. David tweeting, if Kimba leaves in two years, I wouldn't be mad. He needs help, not Dwight. Uh, so again, I think it just depends on 
what you think this trade was about. If you think it was about going out and acquiring a star talent, then I then obviously you're going to be unhappy with this deal. But I'm I'm not certain that's what this was about. And we're getting responses pouring in this morning as well. Uh, James tweeting home run a plus. Brandon tweeting I've been a long time Dwight hater, but I have to say I love it. We got him essentially for free. BJ yep. saying I like the well. deal. We well not totally for free. Twenty three million dollars free. Uh, BJ saying I like the deal. We get a center that can rebound and protect the rim give up nothing of consequence and move up 10 spots in the draft. I want to read one more from Lex. And I think this is your quote. This is the quote that really I've seen this several times from several people, including producer Katie. This was her reaction to the trade as well. Quote, I ain't mad about it. I think this is the quote. I ain't mad about it trade. What do you think about that, David? That seems to be, a popular opinion. And that, again, to me, that's the I, realistic. I, when you look at the, if you know what the Hornet situation is, yeah, and you're not. I think that's the big. I think that's the big key. I mean, just you factor everything in. They had very little moves, uh, very few moves to make. I mean, that was the big concern with this offseason. What in the world were they going to do to shake up this team? A team that that clearly needed shaking up in some form or fashion. He was able to do that, um, and and get you know. It's still a big name, even if nationally it doesn't garner as much um, uh, respect and light as it as it once did talent wise. Like it's still a big name and maybe the biggest name the, the Charlotte Hornets have acquired or have or have rostered since they returned. So, yeah, you look at everything surrounding this. It's a, it's a win. So I want to zoom in a little bit on Dwight Howard his season last year, because I'm not sure how familiar people are who listen to this show and you know you you we lock in on the hornets and we pay attention to the hornets and sometimes a little bit of the rest of the nba gets lost so i i got some numbers for you from brad roland who is the host of locked on hawks we're part of a locked on podcast network a podcast for each of the 30 nba teams and uh, it's a great resource for us because we can go out and say hey brad give me the real story you were locked in on the hawks all last season what's the deal with dwight howard so I'm going to run down this list, David. <clears throat> still dealing, still dealing with this cold a little bit. Uh, 101.1 offensive rating. Only Torian Prince was lower among players that played anything approaching rotation minutes. So that sounds a little iffy about his offense. But on the other hand, the team finished 13th in rebound rate this year, 19th in defensive rebound rate after 28th overall and 25th in defensive rebound last year, 27th overall. 22nd in defensive rebounding in 2014-15. So I think what what that tells me is that what he's what he's not giving you in points production as much anymore, David. He's making up in in elite rebounding. Mm-hmm. All right, here's some more. 12.7 rebounds per game, uh, but finished second in the league in offensive rebound rate, fourth in the league in defensive rebound rate, and fourth in league in total rebound rate. He was on a short list with Andre Drummond, Hassan Whiteside, and DeAndre Jordan. So that's how elite he was in, in, in that category. So, And we talked about how his offensive rebound putback game, that's where he boosted a lot of his offensive numbers in terms of his synergy rating, which was offensively very good. And, and you have to know, too, on that 101 point uh, one offensive rating number that was one of the lowest on the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks offensively were a mess last season. They weren't very right. good. I mean, they were winning games on defense. And so I would question a little bit uh, how much of that offensive drop-off was system and getting comfortable with the new team 
and how much of that was, you know, just your natural uh, slipping uh, of sorts. But there will be a question about how many touches he gets and, and what kind of offense he's looking to produce. Because if he gets a lot of post-up opportunities, that could be trouble because that was where he that's what yeah. that's where he performed worst offensively last season for the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, one more one more stat here defensively. Uh, Brad says he's certainly not a dominant shot blocker that he used to be, but 3.6% block rate is still very nice, but his body may have broken down close to the playoffs and made him somewhat unplayable in certain defensive situations. So that is definitely something to watch. I think one thing's for sure, whatever the starting lineup is that the Hornets put out, it could very well be adjusted by the time playoff times come comes just like it was in Atlanta. Yeah, and the concerns with Dwight Howard as far as that go are real, as are, you know, the ones that the game's kind of changed around him. Um, you know what I mean? I, transition defense, I think, is is going to be something they're going to have to shore up. But, like, you've got Clifford there, um, and he's played with Dwight Howard before. He can't do all the things as well as he used to, but he does know how to utilize them. Um, and I just think that that's going to go further than Miles Bowman would have. I mean, that's a lot of what this comes down to is not that difficult uh, in my eyes. You know, Plumlee, we, we have no idea. I mean, that's the shame. That's the big shame, of course, for him is that he got hurt right when he got here. But even if he's 100% healthy, Doug, like this is a such a massive upgrade over Plumlee that it, it's hard to even mention those two guys in the, in the same sentence. Here's a impor- very important question. How does this affect the draft calculus the draft is tomorrow night how does this affect what the hornets will be looking at with that 11th pick yeah not so much how we're going out right i think bellinelli going out because you lose one of your better shooters maybe your best shooter coming off the bench and and that's hey doug going back to our locked on mocked on draft that's why we did not send out (laughs) that's why we did not send out um marco bellinelli for fear of you know losing another shooter there so I think if it changes anything, that may be it. You know, the need for shooting may be heightened in their eyes. But as far as position-wise, I don't think it changes things a whole lot. They're still going to look at point guard, uh, two guard, you know, slash wing player guy out there. So it'll just be a matter of, hey, are we going all in on the need for shooting? That may lean a little more towards Kennard. Although I, I still think Donovan Mitchell can improve as a shooter. Um, or are they going to look to add some more athleticism in Mitchell? Uh, and then, of course, you've, you've got the Monk rumors of sliding there, too. So so I think that's the only way it changes it. Positionally, I don't think it changes a whole lot of the thinking. I think it definitely changes their draft calculus. You mentioned uh, Marco Bellinelli was definitely their best three-point shooter off the bench. In fact, of the main rotation players, only two of them shot above the team average from beyond the arc, which was 35%. That was Kimball Walker and Marco Bellinelli. The only two you had mm-hmm. Marvin Williams sitting right there at 35% was the next up uh, in line. Lambs are next. Me of, remind me of Lamb. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't good. 28, that Lamb number. Yeah, 28% from three. And he's mm-hmm. your next yeah. He's your next shooting guard. So I think they were already high on Luke Kennard. I, I think I would be very surprised if the pick at this point is not Luke Kennard. And look, there's a lot of absolutely because I think you have to add some 
you, you've got a defensive presence. And look, Cody Zeller's very good at playing defense as well. So if he shifts, whether he is the starter or shifts to the second unit, I think you've improved your defense by adding Dwight Howard. I think now you have to go out and find some shooting. And and that's a question mark with Donovan Mitchell. For all of the for all of the things that we pile on to him in terms of compliments, his shooting is a little bit of a question mark. And I think if you're but the Hornets... Did him- did improve from, did improve. from freshman to sophomore year. Yeah, Absolutely, did improve. But I think you need more than a, a question of will it translate. I think look, there's no question that Luke Kennard is going to be a good three-point shooter in, in the NBA. And same with Malik Monk. If he falls or if, if there, we should say this, the Hornets might not be done dealing at this point. They could look to move up. They could look. I don't think they're going to look to move back at this point because they're low on bodies. They've only yeah, got well, eight that, guaranteed contracts. Right, they've got to add right. some bodies for cheap, and you can do that in the draft. But yeah, so that's why I lean against them packaging these two or uh, to move up. To I think move keeping up, yeah. those two, uh, like you said, to add a few more guys and add depth there is probably the way to go. Just given the fact that, like you said, that they're, they're they're running low on guys at this point. All right. Finally, I want to look at what this means for their money, their cap number, and mm-hmm. this will have implications in free agency as well. So in the short term, this actually added money to their salary cap. And part of the reason Atlanta did this was to free up a few short term dollars. Uh, this brings the guaranteed money at present to roughly one hundred nine, one hundred and ten million dollars and the cap is sitting at 102, I believe, for this next season. And these these numbers are all these contract numbers are rough because you have different people, you know, reporting slightly different figures. But guaranteed yeah. money 109, 110. So you add to that an 11th pick contract, and you're up in the 111, 112 range. The luxury tax is reportedly in the 121 to 122 range. So the Hornets would be left with about nine to ten million dollars in salary before they hit the tax to fill five remaining spots on the roster, David. So that's not, that is not a lot of money at all. And it essentially means that it's almost a guarantee that they won't be able to use the full non-taxpayer mid-level exception, which would have given them the option to pay someone a maximum of uh, somewhere in the $8.5 million range uh, Mm -hmm. for four years. Now you're talking about they, they, if they don't want to hit the tax, then they would not be able to use the full extent of that mid-level exception. So, you know, you add a talent in Dwight Howard, but you further constrict yourself into free agency. It just means that this 2017 draft is even more important, and you yeah. have to make sure whoever you're bringing in can. I think that 11th pick has to immediately contribute, and that's why I like Kennard for the pick. Yeah, I mean, it really it really ramps up the importance of these two picks as if they weren't already important, right? Like, when you step back from this, you don't have much time to breathe and soak this in because you really have to nail those two picks with as limited as you are. And now taking away that full max mid-level exception, um, the importance of these two picks is, is heightened. And it was already important. So, um, yeah, I mean, you, you could be right. We could see that, that it, it turn out that way. Um, We'll, we'll see. I, 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 I mean, you don't think they're going to trade up. I, I mean, any, any, look, I, I didn't think possible, I, I, but like you said, I, like say, I, I didn't think Giants they could move the guys. miles plum league deal, but no, I, I think they're <laughs> going to stay put at 11 and there's talent. There's going to be talent at 31 as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, uh, but I, I don't necessarily know if they're done moving deals, though. I think there's still some money to move around. But like we said, the one obstacle to that is the fact that they have to be concerned with adding bodies to fill out that 15-man roster at this point. So, you know, losing talent at this point, I don't think would be would be very wise. But one thing that we know is that there was a lot on the line for this front office. There was a lot on the line for this team going into this season. They've been they've made it very clear they wanted to get back to the playoffs. I think this team is definitely in a mentality of of winning and winning now. And uh, this deal did a lot to undo a deal in that Miles Plumley uh, uh, situation that was going to make that very difficult this next coming season. So it seems like the fan reaction is is pretty positive, and I, I think it was a step in the right direction for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, so we'll have much. We're going to dig into this much deeper in the coming weeks as they approach free agency. We'll see how it affects things. Thanks so much uh, for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, give us a five-star review and help hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again tomorrow for our final thoughts on what the Hornets would, should, could do in the 2017 NBA draft. And then tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m., check us out on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets, our live draft special. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's warm Charlotte. Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17